Welcome to Dr. Eric's Relentless Vitality Podcast. Our focus is on optimizing physical and mental vitality, maximizing performance, and extending lifespan. Dr. Eric is a licensed physician with a wealth of expertise in age management and preventive medicine, whose goal is enabling his patients to stay young, feel their best, and enjoy a higher quality of life. Kristen? Hi. Hey, how are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Sorry I'm a few minutes late. That's okay. I just wanted to tell you, I have a hard stop at 520. Oh, that's so fine. I, it's okay? Okay, Yep, good. perfect, perfect. <laughs> I, um, I'm like you. I'm trying to get plugged in and get the get the earphones and all that stuff. Make sure. Yeah, make definitely. Sure, make sure everything's working okay. It's uh, Technology's great when it works, right? <laughs> sure, totally. Anyway, how's your, uh, how's your week been going so far? Good, busy. We had uh, this past weekend our Academy of Regenerative Practices conference, so it was nuts. Lots of doctors from all over the world visiting, and great. Lots of speakers. It was fantastic. Awesome, awesome, very good. How many? Uh, is that something you do then every year, or? Yep, yep. This was our fourth annual, um, and we're already planning for next year. Excellent, excellent. Well, we'll have to, you'll have to tell me more about it. I uh, appreciate you uh, letting me talk to you. Um, you know, I basically have a preventive health and, uh, you know, cosmetic surgical practice here in Ohio. So, but I'm launching uh, my, my new, I guess, venture is a, a kind of an online platform, mostly for education for patients, a lot of blogs and, um, again, the podcast and things really talking about, you know, preventive health, preventive wellness, nutrition, fitness, you know, of course, stem cell therapies, anything, all the kind of the new and upcoming things. And uh, I listened to you, I heard you on a podcast, a couple of podcasts, actually, and I uh, I, I, I listened to a lot of uh, podcasts when I'm driving, so I took a screenshot so I'd remember. So I found, oh, fantastic. Yeah, so I found you. I found you've got a list of people, and you were on, uh, towards the top of the list there. So um, I'd love to uh, talk to you about what you're doing. I've, I've read and heard good things. So I um, want to hear about you know, everything you're doing down there. Obviously, it sounds like you've got a lot of things going on. So um, Yeah, for sure. I guess, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do a quick intro uh, when I actually launched the podcast, a little kind of a intro to you. But if you don't mind, tell me in your own words, I guess, for the listeners, you know, tell me a little bit real quick about yourself and uh, where you've come and where you're at now with uh, U.S. Stem Cell and what's, what's going on now. Sure, sure. So um, we are a regenerative medicine company. I've been with the company for over 14 years. Uh, I myself am a stem cell scientist, Ph.D. in in cell biology, master's and bachelor's in chemical engineering. Uh, so it really has given me an opportunity to view the body in a different way uh, than a traditional medical professional like a physician or mid-level um, because I can view it a little bit more from the engineering perspective and like a machine. And so uh, we can look at ways to improve the machine. So what we've done uh, with U.S. Stem Cell and all of our affiliates is to look at how we can um, optimize health by tapping into your inner regenerative potential. Excellent. Excellent. What's, um, the, uh, tell me a little bit about, I guess, the conference you were talking about and, and how has that uh, affected what you're be doing through the year? So I uh, hosted the fourth annual Academy of Regenerative Practices conference where physicians, scientists, and other experts from all over the world, uh, even big name uh, practitioners like Dr. Mercola, uh, Jim Quick, who's known for his uh, brain techniques, um, 
Josh Axe and more uh, were involved in the conference and uh, it's mostly practitioners who attend, um, but others are welcome as well. And we talk about, again, ways to tap into our inner healing potential. Every single one of us has uh, the ability to heal. And so how do we optimize uh, this healing potential? Um, so one of the things that's that's unique about every single one of us is that we have stem cells inside our body and these cells are mostly there to maintain and heal uh, the tissue where they reside. So anytime that we get an injury, the stem cells inside our body are responsible for going to that injury and promoting a healing cascade. Uh, so whether it's an injury in a joint or even just daily injuries, like for example, walking up your stairs, you would get some tears inside the muscle and the stem cells that lay beneath the muscle would come out and repair uh, that area. So what we want to do with the concept of regenerative medicine is tap into that natural healing potential, take the stem cells that may be lying in storage in one area and relocate them uh, to areas of need. So maybe you have an injury or maybe you're suffering from a degenerative disease. And so we can essentially stop the cycle of inflammation and help to promote uh, the healing cascade. Yeah, that's excellent. That's awesome. Um, tell me what's, I guess, tell me a little bit about, I guess, the background in terms of some of the different modalities. I mean, I know, for example, uh, from hearing you talk before, obviously, you, you spoke uh, quite a bit about um, all the, the, the amount of stem cells and how much better, for example, the stem cells you harvest from fat is. Can you talk a little bit about, about fat versus bone marrow? Because I've heard and read different uh, different takes from different people. Obviously, there different people have different opinions, of course, and agendas. But you've—I uh, always try to focus on what the the data and the literature actually says. Can you give me your perspective on that? Yeah, absolutely. So every single tissue inside our body contains stem cells. So you, you could essentially get stem cells from anywhere in the body, but it turns out one of the most plentiful sources of stem cells inside your body is fat tissue. Um, so uh, we can think of this as America's natural resource. <laughs> plenty of it to go around here in America. And um, th this is uh, probably having about 500 times more stem cells than, say, bone marrow. The other thing that makes fat tissue really an ideal source is it isn't subject to the same, quote, aging that some of our other tissues are. And so we don't see the decline in the number of stem cells uh, as we age in our fat as we do, say, for example, in our bone marrow. The other thing that's uh, interesting about the fat tissue is that it's actually very low in white blood cells versus the bone marrow tends to have a high amount of white blood cells. So when you're thinking about using stem cells in a regenerative type way, you want to get your tissue in that regenerative part of your healing as opposed to the inflammatory part of the healing cascade, which is uh, typically caused by the white blood cells. So by using a tissue source that's low in white blood cells, you can really optimize this healing. Gotcha. Now, have you found that with the, uh, the stem cells from the fat, it preferentially works better in certain treatment, I guess, target tissues and others, for example, bone orthopedics versus soft tissue versus others, or is it pretty much across the board you feel the best, best source? Yeah, so the stem cells that exist inside the fat and the stem cells that exist inside the bone marrow are actually very similar in nature. If you gave me a dish of stem cells uh, from bone marrow or stem cells from fat, I really wouldn't be able to tell the difference uh, in them without some very, very advanced kind of techniques. Uh, so it's not that the stem cells in marrow have more bone potential. In fact, quite the opposite. Um, they're called bone because they exist inside the bone, not because they have the ability to form bone. Uh, so these mesenchymal stem cells, which exist in both types of tissues, 
have the potentiality to create different tissues inside your body, cartilage, bone, muscle, even nerve potentiality. And in fact, some of the new publications coming out are showing that the stem cells from fat have more nerve potentiality than those coming from bone marrow. So in cases of neurological conditions, uh, fat may actually be superior. Now, to be clear, when you're injecting stem cells in, it may not be that these stem cells are actually forming new tissue. It could be instead that they're creating what's called a paracrine effect or an immunomodulatory effect, which means that the cells help to send signals to the rest of your body and call other cells to the area to help promote healing. So it's not necessarily the cells that you've injected, but instead the cells that are already inside you that come to the area and start that healing cascade. Um, I did want to mention one other tissue type um, that has been uh, kind of in the media lately and people have been talking about is sourcing from either amnio or cord blood or placental type products, essentially birth tissue type products, Wharton jelly, et cetera. Right. These are also considered an adult stem cell. So cells from yourself, uh, cells from any other person, these are all adult stem cells. These are different than embryonic stem cells. So embryonic stem cells are sometimes the ones that are discussed in, in more of a political controversial uh, type atmosphere because they are sourced uh, from when the and the egg come together prior to the birth of a baby. Um, so with the adult stem cells, so anything from birth tissue forward, there's uh, obviously different types of birth tissue. But for these birth tissue products that are available inside the United States, these are actually acellular products, which means that they do not have living cells in them. They're going to be mostly growth factors. So they'll be more appropriate for a smaller type orthopedic injury and not necessarily appropriate um, for more advanced chronic things. You really want to use a living stem cell. Now, the other thing that uh, has been discovered in a couple new publications coming out is that an autologous source, meaning cells that are taken from yourself, may outperform taking cells from someone else. So a question that I get a lot of times is, well, you know, I'm in my 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever it may be. <clears throat> How could my stem cells still be good? Aren't I too old to have stem cells that are good? Right. Wouldn't I be better to use stem cells from a baby? Right. Um, the answer is not necessarily. If you're alive, you're walking around, your stem cells are working fantastically. And because we're not looking necessarily for the engraftment of those cells, um, it may be irrelevant um, the age of your stem cells. And you may actually get a better response using your own. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I've uh, you know I've done some a lot of treatments with PRP therapy, which and that's kind of what I tell my patients as well. It's not so much that it may or may not be growing new tissue, but a lot of it's just the growth factors in the cells and 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 other things. And and I've had been approached by other uh, a friend of mine actually who was in the medical sales world, kind of talked to me about a, another company that was doing the cord, you know, promoting the cord blood, et cetera, like you were just talking about. Sure. And I had some reservations, and I'm I'm glad to hear you say that, so because I didn't really going further with that. So. Yeah, you know, the other thing I'll add to that is um, many people are old enough to remember that we began disease screening for HIV in the 80s. So when we say that a sample has been disease screened, what that means is we've disease screened for everything that we currently know about. Right. Um, and viruses are tricky little bugs. So uh, when given the opportunity to use your own cells, I would definitely pick that 
over an allogeneic type source. Um, and prions are proteins which are from kind of viruses, which are very tricky little bugs. And these were only discovered in the late 90s. Um, you may remember the media buzz surrounding mad cow disease. Yes, definitely. Um, so, yeah, so you, you just never know when you're using an allogeneic type source. Better to use your own. Now, I, one of the things I talk to my patients a lot about is about, um, you know, new, obviously the biggest thing is, of course, you got to get the basics right, your sleep, your nutrition, your fitness. And I, I, I really hit on mitochondrial function, too, and whether it's nutrition and supplements. Uh, there's a lot of other things out there, too, a lot of people doing, you know, I, I love, you know, for example, sauna therapy. Some people talk about red light therapy, different things. What other modalities have you seen that work synergistically with a stem cell treatment? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, definitely food is medicine. That's where you have to start. I think a lot of people don't necessarily know what's healthy for them. And sometimes they think they're eating healthy, but uh, sometimes they could be eating vegetables that are high in lectins. Um, so especially for brain injury patients, as an example, um, we want to eat a, a healthy, high fat diet to get the, the fats to the brain. Our brains are made of fat. Um, you know, and stay away, of course, from any sort of packaged foods right. uh, that are going to have trans fats hiding in them. Um, and then, you know, thinking about organic and avoiding the glyphosate-rich foods uh, that, that might be problematic for the gut, thinking about um, your microbiome and making sure that everything's in order. Uh, also, water source. I think that is sometimes overlooked by a lot of people. They assume that the water coming out of their tap is uh, appropriate to drink, but especially somebody who's got a neurological condition, uh, overdosing with fluoride may actually be causing more damage than, than they know about. So um, really detoxifying. We love uh, light therapy, uh, just like you. We love the saunas. We encourage that. Um, we love something called electromagnetic uh, pulse therapy. We use a brand name called Beamer. I know there's a couple different brands out there. Uh, this helps to improve the circulation, the blood flow. So this really allows the stem cells to get where we want them. Um, we also do ozone therapy. Uh, we certainly use a lot of platelet-rich plasma, which can be used uh, for a variety of different things. Anything from uh, your sinuses are bugging you to just applying it to your skin for a right. youthful glow. Um, so many different things coming together to really address the full patient um, and stop treating patients in a, a tiny little box. Your knee hurts. I'm going to look at more than just your knee. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, have you have you read much about such things as, you know, like uh, the red light therapy, like the juve light or there's a light that I guess goes up your nose, et cetera. To, uh -huh. to, for, mm -hmm. for, have you read much data or have any opinions on those? Yeah, I love it. Uh, like I said, we, we love the red light. The juve light is fantastic. It combines uh, near and far infrared. Uh, modalities. Uh, there's actually a nice studio close to our uh, clinic that does infrared hot yoga. Oh, nice. I mean, fantastic yeah. to really detoxify. Um, and the lights that you mentioned for up the nose or in the ears really to help regulate the hormones, your sleep cycles. If you're not getting appropriate sleep at night, you're not getting appropriate healing of your, your with your stem cells. So uh, there's four sleep cycles. Uh, the first is where you're awake. The next is where you go into your light sleep. Um, your heart rate starts to drop. Your muscles relax. The next stage is your deep sleep. And this is really where the healing happens. This usually only accounts for about 20 minutes to 
90 minutes of your night. Uh, but this is really where the stem cells kick it into high gear. So we talk to patients about the concept of it's not necessarily the quantity of your sleep, but the quality of your sleep. So if you're not getting into that nice deep sleep every night, you're not getting good healing. Um, and then the next phase of your sleep is where you go into your REM, your rapid eye movement. Um, and this is really brain consolidation. So this right. is truly a, a, a coping mechanism, if you will. It's, it's like our computers. We have to defragment them. We have to do the same for our brain. And if, again, if we're not going through those sleep cycles appropriately, um, you can use that light therapy um, and really just getting outside. As an example, I'm outside right now. I take every opportunity I can to get outside, get light exposure during the day. Um, I happen to live in South Florida, so it's beautiful that, for me. Um, yeah, I, was, I know some people are under snow right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was getting, I've been wanting to say this for the last 10 minutes is that I'm distracted by the, the reflection of the palm trees. I'm jealous right now because I know the palm gonna... trees. <laughs> it's in a beautiful area. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I forget, <laughs> I forget again where in Florida exactly are you? Fort Lauderdale area. Okay. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful yeah. down so, there. Excellent. Yeah. So you get plenty of vitamin D and sun therapy. That's for sure. And you know what? This is something that is always shocking to us at the clinic. Uh, it never fails that when we test people's uh, D levels, they're low. Even here in South Florida, there is wow. no excuse for that. And I think what happens is people forget to get outside. You know, they're busy. They don't take the time. And really, I mean, 10, 15 minutes, get out full sun. Um, and also people love to slather on their, uh, you know, Sunscreen. sunblock. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we recommend full exposure for a short amount of time, you know, don't go fry yourself, but let's take in that vitamin D. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're in a, you're in a great spot and I, I'm a big proponent of that too, but uh, yeah, it's up here in Ohio. It's a little difficult. Like today it, it snowed today, which in March, which, which is not unusual, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm actually from Cleveland originally, so oh, okay. I, was I gonna ask can you. sympathize. So you understand. <laughs> How long have you been down there in Florida then? Yes. Um, uh, for, f 14 or 15 years. Okay, nice. Long enough to, to not be able to tolerate cold weather anymore. Yes. Yeah, you're not moving anytime <laughs> soon, are you? No. <laughs> uh, no. I miss the people, though. I'll say that. I'm sure. Good. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, too, I'm trying to uh, keep an eye on the clock for you. Um, what, one thing I'm really curious about is uh, systemic therapy, because I, I think I've heard you speak about systemic use. I had a colleague uh, who uh, I think he does a lot more marrow infusions, and he, when I was talking to him about it, this is probably like a year ago, he mentioned the mm -hmm. thought he, at the time, I think, you know, the concern was how much of that is just getting taken up by the lungs, and, and is it really getting to your sure. systemic circulation? Can you, can you speak to that, or is there any data or studies you've done on that, or just... Uh, anecdote or, or both or yeah yeah so we've actually published quite a few studies um, specific to an IV type delivery um, heart disease uh, lung disease um, even autoimmune diseases uh, one for psoriasis as well as one for um, uh, different ischemic type tissues. And the concept is uh, that when you place them IV, they're actually going to home to areas of injury and areas of damage. Um, and this idea that, oh, well, they'll all get caught in the lungs couldn't possibly be true because you would die in one circulation of your breath because all those cells would get caught in your lungs and then nothing would circulate anywhere else. So of course your cells are circulating through your body. Um, so I'm not sure who started that concept of they all get caught in the lungs. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it just makes no sense. Otherwise, we would all die within like a couple breaths. Um, <laughs> right, so right. these cells do, and, and this has actually been demonstrated in the literature, that these cells will home to areas of, of insult and injury, and it's because your body calls for them. And this is how these cells circulate throughout your body. They circulate through your peripheral blood. Um, so really, why not tap into what's already going on inside your body? We 
we didn't invent this. Um, this is sometimes somebody says to me, um, you know, how could this be that one cell, you know, one thing could treat everything in your body? I said, that's exactly how it works inside you. <laughs> right. I didn't invent this. Right. You did. Your body did. This your is body. how your body works. We're taking advantage of it. Right, right. Okay, interesting. Now, because that's one thing that interests me personally as, you know, of course, as we all age, we think about is there a way to help with chronic inflammation, slow things down. I think I heard you mention that you do, you know, kind of give yourself a systemic injection once a year or something in terms of quote unquote anti-aging, you know, nobody likes that term, but kind of slowing things sure. down and promoting healing, right? I mean, is that that's something? That's right. You, you yeah. Talk? So, I mean, that's definitely what ages us. Uh, inflammation, we know, shortens our telomeres and what we all eventually die of is shortened telomeres. Uh, so if we can keep down our inflammation, we can essentially keep our telomeres longer for a longer period of time. Um, if you go outside and you breathe the air, you're probably going to get inflammation. There, there's no way to avoid uh, insults and toxins. It would be right. Uh, impossible. You can begin to reduce some of those uh, in your life, but you can't 100% avoid them. That's just the nature of being human. So uh, by using this technology to help reduce your uh, inflammation overall, you may be essentially extending your life and also improving the quality of your life. And so for me, I will typically do an IV injection every six to 12 months, um, depending on what's going on. And certainly if I'm, uh, if I tweak my knee at the gym, I instantly put some cells in that. I don't wait for that damage to be more severe. I think it's a great idea to have your cells available for you should you need them. Um, you never know. You could have a heart attack and you're not going to get clearance to all of a sudden start going through a lipo procedure right. right after your heart attack. And if you've got cells ready and waiting for you, um, that could really save your life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Interesting. Well, that's good to hear for sure. That's something I'll uh, definitely have to look into myself. <laughs> um, for sure. Now, on the same token, I think, I mean, I kind of already know the answer and I've heard you speak to this, but for those people who have not heard you talk about this, uh, I'm sure some people, one of the questions they would have be, well, what if they have a, a something bad going on or a, a tumor or a cancer? Is there any kind of concern about that if you're injecting these stem cells about that? Yeah, so there have been some theoretical concerns in the literature that mostly come from animal studies or uh, petri dish studies. We call those in vitro studies. Um, and what some of the studies showed is that when they take co-culture of stem cells and cancer cells and put them together, uh, the cancer cells tend to grow faster. So obviously, this is not a translation of what happens inside your body. You constantly have stem cells circulating, and you may or may not get cancer. And those stem cells aren't necessarily making your cancer worse. It just is what it is. Now, we actually believe that these stem cells could benefit someone who has cancer because how this works in your body is you have something called T cells or also natural killer cells that are right. part of like your your blood lineage, your hematopoietic blood lineage cells that are responsible for fighting anytime you've got something bad going on in your body. The mesenchymal cells that we can obtain from the fat tissue are actually precursors to hematopoietic cells, which can then in fact form um, natural killer cells or um, T cells, which can then help to stimulate a healing cascade and maybe fight the cancer. So we do have some protocols for patients that have cancer. This is probably one of our newest protocols. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is that we've been treating cancer patients with stem cell therapies since the 1930s. We call this a bone marrow transplant. <laughs> this is true. This is true. That's a great point. I think people kind of forget about that. 
Mm-hmm. And you've had some great success. And uh, what what are the majority of the treatments you're providing? Are they, mo- they still mostly orthopedic? Um, you, I know you've done some cardiac treatments and, and neurologic treatments as well. What are like I guess your top three or four you think that people come yeah, to see you for? Yeah, I think the most common is orthopedic. Uh, within the orthopedic, probably the most common being knees. Um, but we do other joints, shoulders, um, smaller joints, ankles. Uh, we also do discs, back, facet joints, et cetera, patients with back pain or degenerative disc disease. Um, Probably next is neurological conditions. Um, And we have seen a variety of different types of neurological conditions, everything um, from Parkinson's, ALS, spinal cord injuries, traumatic brain injuries, um, and then systemic issues, things like uh, lung disease, heart disease, kidney uh, liver and autoimmune diseases as well. We tend to get patients that uh, have exhausted other modalities. So um, oftentimes they're more severe or more sick. Um, we wish we got patients sooner. Uh, we think that we could do a lot of help to prevent additional damage if patients came in sooner. Um, I think it's kind of criminal that we're not offering stem cell treatments to patients who have just had a spinal cord injury or patients who have just had a heart attack because we can help assist that naturally regenerative process that's going on before it moves into scar tissue. It's not impossible to reverse model scar tissue, but certainly a lot more challenging than if we hit that while it's already in the regenerative stage. Absolutely. Are there indications? Do you ever treat, for example, I, I, cause I, you know, for, uh, I know you mentioned like autoimmune conditions and pediatric patients too, adults, all of the above or autoimmune conditions in general. Uh, so we typically do not treat children. Um, there are some practitioners in our network of doctors who do children and who would specialize in children. So most of our patients are adults. Um, and not that we think that it wouldn't be safe for children. Um, but you know, that, that requires kind of a different level of expertise than, uh, what our practitioners might have and certainly a higher level of liability. And these are considered experimental treatments. And we have to make sure that all patients understand that they're experimental and that they, um, are consented prior to going forward. Um, and they understand that what their options are, that they have other choices. They don't have to move forward. Most of the time when the patients present to us though, they have failed other treatments. The, the medications aren't working or they're suffering from side effects from those medications. Um, and they're interested in trying something new or alternative. Sure. Sure. Understood. Understood. And for like your orthopedic patients, do you, um, Typically, go to uh, the the uh, the stems. Obviously, they tend to work better. Fat derived. You all, are you mentioned? You're also using PRP. Do you do you have a, a, a particular rationale for doing one versus the other? Or do you do both? So platelet-rich plasma is going to be better in your smaller acute type injuries. So if somebody said, oh, I just tweaked my knee yesterday or they have a small little tear, um, platelet-rich plasma would work. And the reason is that the way that platelets work is they actually attach to surface receptors on the stem cells. So in a new injury, this tends to be a naturally stem cell-rich environment. So by putting the platelets in there, uh, it acts a little bit like a fertilizer and it can help that healing cascade along. If you're putting platelet rich plasma is something that's more chronic, a patient that's bone on bone, you know, 60 something years old, uh, this probably isn't going to give them the relief that they want. You really need to combine the stem cells plus the PRP. So for all of our orthopedic musculoskeletal type indications, we are mixing the PRP with the cells. Um, For anything that is systemic, we're just putting the cells in saline. Gotcha, gotcha. And are you still doing a fair amount of, of uh, stem cell banking? Has that been uh, picking up in popularity? And how? What's your what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, it is. I would say 99% of the patients that come to us choose to bank their cells. I think it's almost crazy not to. Yeah. Um, a lot of these things, and I think that this was something that was wrong uh, when kind of the regenerative field came into play, this concept that it would be one dose and done and hooray, go run a marathon. Right. I, I just don't think that's realistic. You know, it took 40, 50 years, 60 years to create the damage, the injury. It's unrealistic to think that you're going to take one dose of stem cells in a joint and you're going to convert that to a healthy functioning joint. Right. You need to have the option to be able to to come back and repeat dose. Um, and also oftentimes the, the, uh, the injury may be repeated. Sometimes patients don't stop the activity that got them into trouble in the first place. Right. Of course. Of course. Um, and this is in this next question, if you, um, don't want to answer, don't feel that like you want to, you can't answer just feel free to say so, but I'm just kind of curious and I can cut this out of the podcast and you could just tell me and I'll mums the word, but what, tell me what's going on. Cause obviously, uh, you know, I've done some stuff, some PRP treatments and keeping up with the literature and talking to colleagues there's been a lot of stuff you know going on too with in terms of uh, FDA kind of cracking down a lot of the the stem cell clinics and different things I know you you had a little 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 they, they kind of came came down hard on you too and um, as well as a lot of people across the country what's what are you, what's your take on that and what's sure, currently sure. going on with you uh, guys? so we did receive a warning yeah, yeah. So we did receive a warning letter from the FDA last year. Um, uh, they did an inspection of our facility. We've actually begun working with a large firm in D.C. that's helping us to navigate the conversations with the FDA. Um, our stance is that these are the cells that exist inside your body. Uh, this is not something that the government owns or that somebody else owns. These are your cells to use for you. So we are helping to communicate um, what our stance is and to work with the regulatory bodies to understand uh, any sort of laws should they change. Uh, one of the things that the FDA discussed was some guidance documents and uh, guidance documents are not the same thing as a code of federal regulation law. Right. Uh, so again, we'll work with our attorneys and communicate. Um, so far, we, we feel pretty solid about our case and um, we feel that we can help many patients to tap into their own healing potential um, and we want to help preserve the right of those patients to obtain those therapies and also the rights of the practitioners to offer those therapies to their patients. Absolutely great. Well, I hope it I hope it goes well because I am in total agreement with, with your stance uh, as well. So, yeah. Um, and again, this is uh, off topic, but in t I spoke with someone at your office the other day. Can you tell me a little bit about some uh, the training opportunities you have for physicians, that'd be something I would be interested in myself. And I'm sure there's other physicians that I, that I network with who I could refer to you as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we do a training program for practitioners who are interested to learn about our protocols. Um, our company was founded in 1999. So we probably have more experience than anyone in the world. Um, you know, essentially what to look for, what, what to treat and with what type of uh, therapies would be most appropriate. Um, you can come in and spend several days with us, uh, learn about all these protocols protocols, um, also learning how to do some of the uh, different procedures like a mini lipo aspirate procedure, um, where and how to apply PRP, how to uh, spin the PRP. And by the way, I consider PRP a little bit more of an art than a science. Um, and you have to have flexibility when, you, when you're working with different patients because everybody's blood's a little bit different and it spins out. Right. Um, so we go through all of that in the course. And uh, then we offer a lot of hand-holding. I think that when you're moving into a new uh, modality like regenerative medicine, which is really a new paradigm of health, um, you know, there's going to come up a lot of questions. So we offer tons of support to the practitioners who have come through our training uh, to make sure that they're comfortable and know uh, what therapies they can use. Okay, great. 
who uh, is there someone specific to speak with about that if i uh if i call or yeah, so Natalie Gill runs our training program, and she uh, typically coordinates with doctors who are interested to come in. Okay, great. And then just in case, uh, before I forget towards the end, for patients uh, who that, that I speak with, et cetera, across, where, where's the best place for uh, for people to get a hold of you? USstemcellclinic.com okay. or info at USstemcellclinic.com. Great, great. Okay. And any other future challenges you see for either your group or for the regenerative medicine field in general over the next year or two? Uh, no, I actually think uh, the, the cat's out of the bag and we're not going to put this genie back in the bottle. Uh, there's a huge demand because patients want alternative therapies and, and they are uh, tired of some of the side effects that they're experiencing. So I think that this field is only going to grow from here. We're going to see a lot more patients who are interested in uh, more of the anti-aging protocols. Um, and I do see uh, in our future where patients will just get their regular stem cell injections and that'll be standard of care. I think anytime you bring um, something new that's a disruptor, uh, first it's hugely criticized before it's accepted as self-evident. Absolutely. Well, as I as I grow and network with other docs in my field, I've, obviously I'll be glad to uh, spread the word. And if there's anything I can do to help you and your mission, please let me know. Happy to help. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I know you're getting, uh, you got to run here shortly. Um, any last comments or anything else that you'd like to share about yourself or uh, about the company? Anything at all? Uh, so something about myself. I'm actually, uh, in addition to being a stem cell scientist, I'm a, a fitness leader and instructor. So I work at the local YMCA here, um, leading uh, 50 plus people in kind of HIT training exercises and also spinning type classes and yoga. Um, I think it's important to be well-rounded and to uh, do something for fun. So that's what I do for fun. Excellent. I'm also a mother of two ch- uh, teenagers uh, and been married for almost two decades. Wow, good for you. Excellent. That all sounds good. How is the, how I uh, have one teenager, so you have two. So what? <laughs> any words of wisdom there? Because uh, it's, it's definitely challenging. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's challenging. And my oldest is now driving, which is scary mm. every time. I don't know if I need to put flyers out to warn the neighbors. <laughs> yes, my, uh, my youngest is, uh, turns 16 next week, so he's itching to get into the car. Oh, so. yeah. Good luck. Good we're luck. Li- we're a little nervous about that as well. <laughs> uh, True. One last question. I don't know if, if you're a big reader or not. Any uh, any any good books you've read? I like to. I always like to share uh, share books and things like that. So. Yeah, I actually just purchased Ben Greenfield's latest book. Uh, so he's a avid biohacker and yep. uh, has uh, some great tips for to really kind of optimize health and your your fitness routine. I've been eating uh, in his from his book, the Ben Greenfield Smoothie, which which is delicious. It's uh, kind of a spinach mix that you can make uh, for breakfast in the morning. So I recommend. It's a good read. I think I read that recipe. I, his is one of the many, many blogs that I follow. Of course, I have uh, my own blog as well, which I'd be, I'll be i share. But uh, yeah, I follow a lot of those, uh, those different. I'm always looking for new different things. My, my wife always teases me because I have a new box of supplements or food of some kind every week. So always trying <laughs> something different. That's It's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> so... Well, excellent. Well, I thank you, for sure, for Thanks, sure. Kristen. I appreciate all your time. I know you have another uh, caller meeting or something going on. Hopefully, it's something fun, but I appreciate all your time. If there's anything I can do to help you in your mission, let me know. All right. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. You have a great week. Enjoy the weather down there. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.